0: we're back episode 24 katerina
1: that's amazing 24 episodes i wouldn't get anywhere on like episode 8
0: <laughs> i know it's gone it, it's gone really quickly like the first the first few uh, we were finding our feet and now suddenly we've had a couple of guests on and we're now at episode 24 and this week katerina we've got two main topics i think that we're going to address the first one is Brexit.
1: I get emotional just saying it.
0: <laughs> um, and and the second one we're going to talk about.
1: We just uh talk about drugs versus cosmetics, and what is a pharmaceutical and what is a cosmetic. And there's of course different takes on it in different parts of the world, and we're not going to cover everything, obviously. But
0: yeah, because we. The marketing department, uh, our friends in the marketing departments have, they are trying to come up with new claims all the time. And apart from the natural, organic, clean, minimally processed, there's another set of claims, which is slightly more onerous on the brand, which is to do with um, efficacy. And sometimes they get into a little bit of hot water by mentioning Mm. medical conditions and Mm. they use that to try and sell their products Mm. because of course if you make a claim that's um, medicinal then you you will get into um tricky area because in the eu as you know we are legislated with the cosmetics legislation and that you can either be a cosmetic or a pharmaceutical and the pharmaceutical medicines are regulated by the MHRA, which I think is the Medical and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, which is a government agency, actually. And they deal with pharmaceuticals. The cosmetics legislation deal with cosmetics, and cosmetics can only sort of improve the appearance of or um, deodorise, help to clean, sort of, it's maintenance, really. And anything more than that, yeah, um, then then you know you're going into the realms of a medicine. Yeah. Now the uh, Advertising Standards Authority have recently upheld a few complaints over brands, quite a few American brands that are using the words acne, and acne is a mm. is a medical condition. And they've upheld saying you cannot use the word acne if you're claiming that you can basically cure or treat or do anything to do with acne. So if you, even if you use the, 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 the word acne, you will raise their suspicion. Mm. So it's a really interesting area, actually. And then, of course, you've got the horrendous cosmecutical thing.
1: Yeah, which FDA is very clear on. I was on their website today to check what they were saying. And they were saying, we don't recognize that as any category.
0: <laughs> oh, how interesting. So what's what's the FDA and what do they do, Katerina?
1: No, so the FDA, basically, what they're saying, you can have either either a product that is a cosmetic or a drug or a pharmaceutical, but it can also be both. Um so things like anti-dandruff shampoos, fluoride toothpaste, deodorants as well, uh, some of them with which have now I'm gonna can't pronounce the English word of it, but anti the
0: anti yeah. Thank you. Uh,
1: exactly, and sunscreen as well. Those are both a cosmetic but also a pharmaceutical.
0: And what do they call those?
1: <laughs> they just they don't call them anything. They call them they are a cosmetic and a Drug,
0: right? <laughs> right or
1: both, but but basically, what was interesting, um, and again, because I, I personally, I'm I'm just very careful with claims in general, and 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 so on. So, I, I haven't really gone into depths exactly of all the rules uh, in the U.S. But if you look at it, what c- categorizes a product, a cosmetic product, if, if they it would fall under the pharmaceutical bucket or falling in the pharmaceutical bucket as well it's a if you have claims claims such as uh it will treat acne or or um uh prevent hair loss uh so those types of claims then suddenly it it's classified as a pharmaceutical uh or a drug um and but there are two other um criterias that can kind of um tilt the product to become a drug as well. And it could be if it contains ingredients that are widely known to have an effect on the body. So for example, fluoride in in um, in toothpaste. So it, that's why if toothpaste with fluoride is considered a pharmaceutical, because you know it's a well-known fact that fluoride is, is something that strengthens the ammanal. Um, um, but then you have a third criteria. And this one is, I think, I think super vague um, and quite difficult, and that is if the consumer perceives or uses the product as if it was a drug. So if they, if the consumer thinks that this product will, you know, prevent hair loss, for example, you haven't done any claims, you haven't uh, added. I mean, let's say you don't have any like ingredients that aren't. Classified as pharmaceuticals, but if the consumer perceives that this will prevent hair loss, you can also, and use it as a as a product Th- that could also force the product to become a, a a drug classified as a drug.
0: Well, that's extraordinary because I mean, who knows what's going through a consumer's mind? A consumer yeah. might be completely misinformed and think that something's going to do mm-hmm. something when it when it clearly isn't. And that's the consumer's yeah. misunderstanding and ignorance, not the brand, surely.
1: Yeah. So that's fairly vague. I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer and the more I live here, the more I realize you kinda of need lawyers because
0: <laughs> for everything. <laughs> of
1: what I I thought that that third um criteria, as you say, you know, that that's something that's almost out of the control of the, of the uh, um the brand owner. Um and also, it was interesting, like, aromatherapy and essential oils. So if you use essential oils, such as for fragrance, um, that's fine. Then it's a cosmetic. But if you make any sort of claim or, or even say, like, oh, I," say you give a massage and you add um, essential oils in it and you say that, oh, this essential oil will, um, I don't know, it, it will uh, uh, help you with your headaches, whatever. Um then it's then it's a drug. Then it's classified as a pharmaceutical. Whereas if you just said, "Oh, I'm just putting in this nice essential oil because it's a scent," then it's a cosmetic.
0: Oh my God, that sounds incredibly confusing.
1: Which is interesting, and I don't think everyone's aware of that.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I certainly wasn't. Um, and 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 with, that's quite interesting that they have a sort of a third category, mm. and and they have products that can be um medicines and they can be cosmetics mm, exactly. and they don't call and but they don't recognize the term cosmeceutical, which is a sort of you'd expect that to be a mixture of the two wouldn't you but but they don't recognize it yeah. and it, you certainly can't have it and it doesn't exist in in this country mm. um but i suppose there's a debate to be had that as cosmetics get more and more complex and more and more advanced and we use Uh, some incredibly um, scientifically advanced ingredients is in the future will we have a mixture of the two Uh, when does a cosmetic become a pharmaceutical And, and and also not every brand claims everything that the product could perhaps help with so it may be really hydrating or it may do something else and and it has been shown in their studies to actually go a little bit further but they don't say that because mm. they want to stay a cosmetic they don't want to go into the realms of being a medicine mm. um, i wonder if there are any products like that on the market i, I suspect there there might be mm. um but uh at the moment you are a cosmetic or a pharmaceutical you cannot be both and there is certainly no such thing um in terms of category as a cosmeceutical, that is just a marketing term
1: yeah yeah and I, I when I th- again as since I'm European no but I actually think I kind of just thinking about it now I, I I prefer the the European because then it's very clear either it's a it's a cosmetic or it's a pharmaceutical and pharmaceuticals have a different purpose but as you say also I'm it's also a problem in the in the EU, I would say. So, say you have a um, a moisturizer or something that actually has a real effect on the skin, like works as a pharmaceutical, but you don't you know about it, but you don't make the claims because you want to stay as a, in the cosmetic bucket. But then you're selling some, and maybe say that the toxicologist looks at the ingredients, looks at you know that they're safe to use, but the actual effect, you know, because there might be a formulation that you you make and due to, you know, everything from the actives to how it reacts with the skin and how it, it, it is absorbed by the skin, etc. All of that, um, because you're not required to show the clinical trials, right, to a safety assessor. So in that sense, you, there might be a loophole there that you might have something that could actually, that is actually affecting the body somehow, um, apart from like moisturizing um but you still can you're still selling it as a cosmetic and maybe there's a risk there somehow that you have it might be selling fairly strong stuff um as a cosmetic but it should actually be classified as a pharmaceutical i'm thinking retinols for example if you have like a amazing retinol formula um
0: well yes i i mean retinols is a very good example because i think the recommended percentage is point three percent that you should put in, but you know there are brands out there claiming one percent, uh, uh, um, and you know whether that's a mixture or, or not, I don't know. But but claiming one percent retinol is is quite a strong claim, and mm. you know mm. you're in danger of of overstepping the mark, I mm. would think. Um, but I think the other thing I would say is. The justification for from some of the brands about using the word acne, um, and 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 it's not just claiming what your product will do, it's it's also using words that are medicinal words rather than you know instead of saying it can help clean blackheads or or keep blackheads away, um, if you say acne instead of blackheads or even spots. Um, The ASA is saying that those Mm. are medical conditions, so you can only say it cleanses the skin. You can't say Mm. um, for acne-prone skin. Um, And the brands, to justify using the term acne, said, oh, well, the consumer, when they hear the word acne or see the word acne, what they perceive that to mean is spots. So the brands are trying to say that the consumer um, misunderstands the word acne which i think if you've got acne you probably don't um and 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 also um it, surely it's a brand's job to educate their consumer not to try and pull the wool over their eyes uh in order to sell a few more units so that i think that's that would be my point there and they should uh, listen to their essay and we should all play by the same rule book and and not try and lead the consumer down the garden path
1: exactly but then there's a loophole say you have the other way around or maybe there are no brands who think like this and only me but um, say you have this um, cleanser or something f- for acne that is very strong like you, you come up with something that actually somehow goes into the port does something to your um uh um your sebum uh, production, for example, in your skin, and actively does that. And you and you don't want to be a pharmaceutical, so so you don't use the the terms acne, and you don't, don't you don't talk about that. You just say this is good for removing blackheads or keeping blackheads away or something like very vague. And then you build on the fact that it's an, a, a really good product, and you kind of tap into marketing that way like uh, assuming the product will sell itself in the way or word of mouth you know what i mean so but then you have the uh, then you're coming from the other uh, side of it that you might actually be selling something that is very strong and should really be classified as a pharmaceutical but you're getting around it because you're not telling you're not revealing all the claims or maybe i'm the only one in the world who would think like, like this
0: no, I think you're right. I think there probably are a few products on the market that perhaps uh, could also fit into the um, medicinal area. But um, but yeah, so it's a complicated area and one which will, be, um, will increase in complexity if we leave the EU on the 29th of March.
1: Exactly, Sam. So what's going to happen in the UK now? I just know that you know i need to find an entity in the eu now <laughs> so i can stay have access to the portal <laughs> that's what i know
0: well that's it. yeah that that that's the issue um i went to a ses event where emma meredith who um is in charge of the ctpa which is the cosmetics toiletries perfumery association which is the industry association that uh, gives advice and, and helps people in the industry navigate these sorts of things. And I think we don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that, that on the 29th of March, if, if nothing changes and we leave, then the cosmetics notification portal, as you quite rightly say, all products from all brands are going to be deleted as of midnight on the 29th. So uh, uh, one minute past midnight on the 30th, you you are now no longer listed on the cosmetics portal. If we leave without a deal, that's that. If we leave with a deal, I think that you have to then re-enter all the products. But in either case, the British government are setting up their notification portal. And so you're going to have to upload all those products up to their portal and you may or may not have to upload it also to the European portal if you export to Europe. So it's it's going to, there's a massive amount of work. I'm quite lucky because I've only got a few um, SKUs, but imagine if you're a big brand who has 60, 70, 80, 100, 300 SKUs, you know, the amount of work is going to be hideous. The requirements be the same.
1: In the UK, you know what I mean? So you can just copy and paste the, the information you have, so to say, in the, the, the PIF file and things.
0: Or will there be different requirements? Yeah, but that's, yeah, but yeah, people say, oh, just, just take a screenshot and just, you know, copy and paste it. It's never yeah. that yeah. simple. You know, it, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, and, and if we have a deal, we'll have until 2020 to transition in terms of um, legislation and things like that. Um, and uh, But we've only got... N- but you're not going to have a deal. Well, not at the moment. We'll only have 90 days to upload it onto the British portal, but you can only upload it onto the British portal after we've left Europe. So, you know, it, it's it's complicated, it's difficult, it's annoying, but at least we've got some clarification as sort of steps to take. Um, but, but, you know... I this, it was always going to go like this. It was always going to be like this. It's, it's a financial negotiation and it was never going to be settled until the final...
1: But it's the UV portal ready so you can go and upload products now?
0: No, no, no. It's not... You can't upload the products, I don't believe, until the portal is live and it'll only go live after we've left Europe. So from the 30th of March then you'll be able to do it and then you've got 90 days to upload your information um but as i was saying it was always going to be like this because it's a negotiation negotiations are always left to the final second of the final day of the final week of the you know it's ludicrous to think it was ever going to be anything other than this um yeah Uh, So I always knew it was going to come to literally the last second before anything gets sorted out, but whether they do a deal or not, I don't know, but you know, we're just trying to deal. We're just trying to get on and deal with what we're faced with. You know, we are where we are. We can't influence it. We've just got to get on with preparing for whatever happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: But, oh yes. The other thing, as you said, Katerina, is the other thing is that you, you, if we, you know, when we leave, um, if there is no deal, we you you know, we will have to have a responsible person in the European Union.
1: Does th- that could be a person, right? Just a person.
0: Oh, yeah, it is. It is a person. Um, so you'll have to use I'm going to have to use my. Um, contacts and find somebody in a european country probably ireland that i can pay a month a uh, sort of yearly fee to to be the responsible person for me in european countries so i can export because i'm my own responsible person yeah here that which was europe wide now that's going to be yeah. blocked to me and i'm going to have to find a responsible yeah. person within europe which again you know it's going to be able to, I'll be able to do it, but it's just yet another thing to have to deal with.
1: Exactly. Oh, I'm just thinking of everything I have to do now. No, the thing is, this is not a surprise. This is pretty much what I was expecting. Um, But I think, I think to me, it's because I'm just realizing, or as you say, it's like, it's everything. Everyone is realizing now that, that you guys leave without a deal? Because I've been kind of in my head, I was thinking, but of course there has to be like a transition period. There's plenty of time to do all of this. Uh, but the way it looks now, yeah, it could be very abrupt.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there was meant to be a transition deal, but it looked, you know, the, I mean, you know, they say, oh, no deal, no deal. But no deal's only on the table because unless you've got some leverage, you're you're you've got no influence in a negotiation so you have to be prepared to walk or in any negotiation you have to be prepared to walk away from something to be able to have any leverage um unfortunately this isn't like a standard negotiation this is it's quite quite complicated and important um but but the bare bones it's still a negotiation so it and that's how you negotiate yeah if if you just give it up if you say well we're not going to leave without a deal then you know then then you you sort of you say well okay whatever you've got no influence you've got no power yeah. um and, and so i think that's why they're doing it they've they've got to hold that as some sort of leverage to to get get whatever they need to get yeah i'm i'm assuming um why else would you put us all through this stress and worry and chaos. I'm glad you're an optimist, but, um, Sam. I'm glad you are. <laughs> you know how I roll, Katerina. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I am I am optimistic because um, you have to be. And also, we are where we yeah. are. As I said, we can't influence it. We just have to deal with what what's in front of us. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, but we don't quite know what's in front of us yet.
1: Yeah. But it is very short, considering the the complexity of of what's going to happen. It's pretty late in the day to leave it for a month out to have a deal
0: in place. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I, you know, the reason why is they didn't put any contingencies in. They should have done this as soon as the um the vote was started. Yeah. In terms of right, we're, we're going to have a referendum. The government should have gone into overdrive into. What if we decide to leave? let's start doing that, so they could have been months and months yeah. ahead, and then when it, if we didn't leave, then it's fine, but they have to they'd have to have done that work anyway, but I don't think they believed we were going to vote no, to leave I don't think so anyone none of it no one was exactly prepared.
1: yeah no.
0: um h- however I feel about it personally is is irrelevant um we just have to deal with um with what we're faced with
1: yeah exactly exactly i mean it, it, yeah it, that's exactly it right i mean i i'm yeah oof, I, I get emotional when i think about brexit it's like a very bad breakup from all of europe <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day you're right you would just have to there's nothing we can do about it it's, it's, it is it is what it is so we just have to work, work exactly. with it, so
0: we have to work through it yeah. um i'm i'm plowing ahead with Amazon. Um I'm yeah. photoshopping, yeah, all the photos, getting getting them on white backgrounds. Um I've done the box kits. They're they're about ready to go. I've got a big lump of shampoo coming in that uh, I'm gonna be able to do all the hair care kits with. Um I'm doing some printed material for inside the boxes. I'm printing the special labels that Amazon require. We're getting there.
1: That's fantastic. I'm um uh i'm not there yet but i'm working on my uh my first micro brand so i'm kind of
0: i'm loving your things.
1: yeah and i'm actually going to put that on amazon also um i think that will work well at amazon so um i will uh so once one step at a time so once I'll, i just need the the products and the boxes and everything the artwork um and once i have that i'll think i'll uh Um, yeah I'll call you Sam you have to tell me exactly what steps I need to do to get done Amazon fulfillment and all of that so
0: well I've done an online course uh, which has really helped me really helped me Um, and in fact the ones I'd listed myself I've deleted all my entries now um, and I'm starting afresh okay um not with the registration process. I don't think uh, my heart could take that again. But I'm uh, yeah. just deleting the actual individual products, um, yeah, and 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 doing it properly because it it is quite complicated. And there's all sorts of options and boxes and and all sorts. So it's been a really good thing to do these free courses.
1: Those are the on the university. they seller university, yeah.
0: No, or- they're not. There's something called Udemy, and on there there's a few paid for courses and a few free courses uh, Uh uh, and it takes you through the whole process. So it's been great.
1: That's that's amazing. Yeah. I have to check that out. Once I have the, the actual products sorted, I'll do that. So,
0: well, I'm going to start asking a few more people who want to come on the podcast. um, And uh, hopefully we will have a guest either next week or the week after
1: yeah fantastic i like guests
0: and uh, (laughs) yes exactly and i look forward to seeing more of your micro brand on instagram which i like to see
1: yes i actually i'm i have a deadline uh which is it's just in a few few weeks um but well in mid-march i'm hoping to be able to show 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 it properly um at least on Instagram and have it on the website and things. So I'm hoping to have like a new website as well up by then. So there are lots of things happening.
0: Can you share the name yet or is that not yet? Um, is that still top um, secret?
1: I it's not, well, no, I'm not going to share the name, but th- for my micro brands, I'm always going to have like the signature by Nini. So it's my, um, uh, like Nini is my nickname. So it's just going to be like signed by me all the time. So Beautiful. Uh, I I can share that. But if I tell you the name of the product, I will reveal what it is. So,
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, we shall wait for next week then.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, Right. Katarina, I better let you get on.
1: Yeah, you too, Sam. Have a good good evening. Thank
0: you. Speak to you soon. Bye.
1: Bye.